Emerald, how are you? Good, thank you for the invitation and happy to be here with you. So today we are going to, to talk about this famous glass ceiling. Uh, you know, it took me years to, to know about it, to realize that it was something named glass ceiling. So I want to ask you, when did you become aware of the existence of a glass ceiling? When exactly? Okay, uh, let's be very specific. I started working in uh, 1986 and I think till 2006, I was really doing my work and growing and going to the next level, uh, having a family, you know, very busy. And in 2006, um, when I became the East Mediterranean Business Unit General Manager, based in Turkey, but covering Middle East countries, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, and Turkey, I was the only uh, woman in the leadership team in Middle East. So I started feeling like, wow, you know, am I like privileged or is there something wrong? <laughs> and I, I took the idea of there is something wrong and let's work on it together. So we needed more, we needed more women in leadership roles, in executive roles, and in the team that I was the only one at that stage. And our company was not the only one. Of course, this was a very usual scene of the Middle East. And even today, I mean, I'm talking about like 15 years ago. So we started conversations with our women leaders, understood their actually needs, and identified four focus areas, culture, work-life balance, development opportunities, um, and also communication. But this was not, of course, women's problem. This was everybody's kind of joint effort. And I really tried to invite our senior uh, male leaders into the conversation. And if you look at the situation, it was not like there was a glass ceiling, but there were so many things that kind of postpone or make it very difficult for women to be in that room. It was about family expectations. It was about country culture. It was about uh, mother-in-law's expectations or you know, the flexibility at work, the manager's expectations. So when you put it all together, you have 10, 15 things that at the end women say, you know, Maybe I should give a break or, you know, I'm happy in this role. I don't want to get promoted, be more visible. Let me just deal with this at a lower key, maybe position. Mm -hmm. So that's yes, what you I know. Mm -hmm. I know because I had the same kind of experience when I had my son. Uh, and I was working in France uh, in a very good environment. I thought <laughs> at the beginning, and then I, I I saw that they nothing was the same in their approach, and uh, because they were expecting me working less because I had a child, but never they never talked about it with me. They just began to change things, not really uh, making giving me more responsibilities. So they were waiting for me, not only to fail, but not to be there every time because I had a baby at home. So do you think that 
gender roles and gender biases impact the, the ascension of women? So there are a couple of um, cultural elements here. The, the country or regional cultures, company culture and family culture. So they have to all work hand in hand for a woman to succeed. So you should be in a country or region where you know, it's okay to work or it's okay to go to a workplace um, and succeed, work long hours and have a family. You know, I mean, that's, that's one aspect. And I will give you some examples around that. The second is your, your company supporting this. You know, they wanna have more uh, women in leadership roles. They have policies, they have all the necessary inclusive environment and programs, etc. So that helps. And they help you. They, they help they you have, to raise your child and to be at work. <laughs> I will come to that. Yes, there are some good programs. And the third is actually about the family, right? So let's take from a country culture perspective. I worked in Middle East and one of the countries actually in South Asia in our geography was Pakistan. And that was the first office we decided to have a child center. Yes, it was not actually only for women. I mean, also men can, you know, or could have at that time brought their kids, but it was so great for the families overall saying that, okay, the kid is very close to the mother. Mother is working, but if there is something, she can go, she can visit during lunch break or even breastfeed. This gives the family and the woman a lot of confidence because now they are not really abandoning the child at home with someone but they are basically working and staying close so and the word of mouth can really bring more women into the workplace you create a good environment so that's one example of how you deal with company culture and country culture at the same time from a, a, a company culture perspective i i was promoted twice when i was pregnant and i have two kids so basically i didn't have more kids and maybe i lost some promotional opportunities let me say but the first time i was five months pregnant and i became the general manager for turkey operations the second time i was in maternity leave i became the the, the regional general manager for east mediterranean five countries so the company didn't think about, oh, you know, she's pregnant, she needs a break, she can't do this or do that. I mean, she nobody, deserved it. Nobody, nobody yeah. asked you about it? No. They didn't you ask see, you if you wanted to, to stay at home for a couple of months or for your ch child? I think when you when you have that relationship for a while with the organization and your leader, they know you, they know who you are. I mean, what you are going to do. It's not like a last minute conversation. I mean, you already make a position or statement that you are a working woman. And even if you have a family, if you have kids, you know, you will continue working. But of course, you will take the three months at that time. It was three and four months, actually. Um, and then you will come back and you will even work from home if you want, sometimes during that four months if needed. So I converted my, uh, one of my rooms at home uh, into an office, which was not asked, but I did it. You know, I mean, 
So you have to give these signals if this is who you are. But if, I mean, you are absolutely also okay to say, I want to take a one-year break. You know, again, depends on the, again, company, family, etc. And I was lucky to, to be in Turkey at that time, to have a family around me, to have care around me, you know, that I can pay for affordable care. So everything worked very well for me. But let's imagine now being in France. Oh, not having family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because the child care. I don't, I don't even want to describe you how awful it was. <laughs> I mean, I know it. I know it from Australia. I know it from UK, from US, that child care can be very expensive. So it is not worth working and paying, you know, the childcare because net net you might have very, very little money left in your pocket. So in those situations, uh, companies play a big role. I mean, if they open childcare centers, like I was mentioning, which we did also later in our purchase office, actually here in uh, New York, we also had a childcare center. They, they help, you know, they help the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the family-wise, I think then your significant others, the spouse or friend, whatever we call that individual, plays a key role because they might decide to have a 50-50 share in this taking care of the child, right? Yeah. So that's part of the also the country culture. And, you know, nowhere in the world, I think, they mention working dad as they do for women. They, we know who is the working, working mom, but who is the working dad? Yeah, first time uh, we met actually someone was in 2010 when we moved to Hong Kong with my family and husband. So I was introducing him to, you know, in a social gathering and there were a couple of other males in this event And one of them said, you know, I am a stay-at-home dad. Wow. Okay. So this was like 11 years (laughs) ago. It's so unusual. (laughs) Yes. But coming out of Turkey, we were not used to that, right? So, but in Hong Kong, you had different cultures, different nationalities, and they made the decision with the wife or husband that one will stay at home, one will go to work. And in this case... Especially if you're an expat, you have to make those decisions sometimes because it's tough, you know, to move to a different country, not having family, you know, all that. Today, actually, with the pandemic, we have also seen that, you know, staying at home in some cultures, there was more sharing. In some other cultures, the expectations were still very high on the women. I have another question for you. Uh, There is an author named Lois Frankel. And his book's name is Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. So do we have to be, do we really have to be aggressive, arrogant, and sometimes even cruel to have the famous corner office? Or did you have your own way to do it and to have this office? So I think there are two aspects to this uh, topic. One is, in order to be in a, uh, in a critical position, decision-making position, you have to be 
strong, you have to be determined, you have to be decision making, you know, when the right moment comes, but this should be based on actually listening, empathy, understanding, facts, figures, people, everything, right, the whole perspective. The balance is very critical, you know, hearing, listening, understanding, making decision and how you communicate. Um, Unfortunately, unfortunately, throughout the years, the role models of power, it has been always about, you know, tough, uh, strong, and, you know, sometimes aggressive, of course, is the word used a lot. Um, and we have very bad, unfortunately, models of that, uh, especially when it's with women. Because when they take that kind of the role model, and apply to their um, themselves, I think it doesn't look good. And they start actually conveying negative messages to everybody and say, oh, I don't want to work with this woman. So you have to be authentic. You have to be in your own shoes and have your own leadership style. But if you are in those positions, you have to make decisions. You have to be determined. But it doesn't mean the empathy. I think the whole empathy is becoming even more important in the world of you know, AI, rob robotics, digital. Still, empathy is very important. So we have to be using that power of actually women and make sure we are still staying authentic. Thank you. It was really interesting. We will continue these conversations and see you soon. Thank you.